Podcast Junkies, episode 83. If you're new to the show, this is the show where we interview engaging, fascinating, very uh, personable and uh, fun to talk to podcast hosts. My name is Harry Duran. I'm the host of said show. And uh, we just like to find people out there who are doing good things with their podcasts and people that I've connected with and want to have deeper conversations with. This week is a little uh, something a bit different. I'm going to replay a conversation that I had where I was being interviewed, so the roles were reversed, and it was on the One Mind Meditation podcast with uh, Morgan Dix. And uh, you you regular listeners would remember that I actually had Morgan on my, uh, on my podcast earlier, and he was nice enough to invite me on to his show and we went pretty deep. So um, I think it's, this will give you a, a bit more insight into who I am as a person and some of the things that are important to me lately. And so obviously given that his podcast is around meditation, we use that as a, as a touchstone and, and we touch upon a lot of things. So some of this might be surprising for um, regular listeners and obviously for new listeners as well. But I, I think it's whenever I find a conversation that, that allows the allows me to peel back the onion a bit as to who I am, I think it's all part and parcel of this podcast because this podcast is not just the conversations. This podcast is the host. This podcast is uh, the guest. And this podcast is most definitely you, the listener. And I, I think anytime I can go deeper uh, on any of those aspects, I think it makes for a more well-rounded show. So I'd be interested to, to hear what your feedback is. It's something definitely a little bit different. I haven't done a, um, a non-interview show in quite some time. So um, I hope you dig it. I, I really, really um, enjoyed my conversation with Morgan, and I hope you will too. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 47 of the One Mind Meditation Podcast. My name is Morgan Dix, and this is a show about meditation, mindfulness, and health. We interview teachers, scientists, and everyday practitioners to give you the inspiration, insight, and stories to fuel your own meditation journey. Today, we interview my good friend, Harry Duran. By day, Harry is an IT consultant living in Los Angeles, but in his other life, as a showrunner, he's the host of the popular Podcast Junkies podcast. Harry and I recently reconnected and I had a chance to chat with him all about meditation. Harry and I actually met in a 10-day silent meditation retreat about mm, six years ago at the Shambhala Mountain Center outside of Fort Collins, Colorado. We talk all about that retreat experience in the show. And this really is a great show. Harry and I explore all sorts of meditation-related topics like flow states and the kind of frictionless communication and relationship you can experience in silence. And for me, though, one of the highlights of this show, and I think you're going to love it, is when Harry gives us an education on affirmations and the power and the value of practicing affirmations on a daily basis. If you've 
ever wanted to know about affirmations, about how they work, about the value of them, about what an affirmation sounds like, you're going to love this because Harry takes us through his daily routine, the affirmations that he does every day as part of his meditation practice. And in fact, Harry actually has created a special PDF for listeners of this podcast, which includes the affirmations that he does every single day and the very affirmations that he reads on the show today. So we explore these affirmations in the show and I'll tell you where you can get that free download at the end of the show. So don't miss it. It's a gift from Harry. It's a free PDF with all his affirmations. Okay, great. Let's jump in. Hope you love the show. Good. All right. Well, Harry, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thanks for inviting me, Morgan. I'm, I'm excited to talk about uh, one of my favorite topics. Fantastic. All right. So tell me a little bit about your story. Give us a five or 10 minute version of, of who you are and what you do and, and how you came to meditation. And, and I know you and I met I think on that meditation retreat back in, in 2010. And, uh, yes. Yeah. I'd like, so lead us there. But <laughs> <laughs> what's interesting about these, um, answering these types of questions, I'm sure maybe you can relate is you, you do a sort of mental, uh, card shuffling in your head about okay which which parts of this story yes. are relevant and which parts do I want to include yes and you know it's it's almost human nature to try to put yourself in the best light possible yeah and I think but I think people are drawn to sometimes the all the the warts and the bumps and the bruises along the way so totally. it's the most interesting part <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I was you know I was raised Catholic and uh, with organized religion as, as a lot of people do starting off and I just for a while just didn't have anything that was really guiding me in mm. college. I am. Um, I remember reading sociology books, uh, the history of Malcolm X, and I was like, oh, just things that made me start to question what it was that I was being taught. Yeah. And then I remember I was interested in just not necessarily esoteric things, but just reading about things like Buddhism. And I, I also DJ, and this was years ago, and I ended up DJing at a bar in New York City. And I happened to meet a um, the wait, one of the waitresses there. She was into uh, Buddhism, and it was called Diamond Way Buddhism. And mm. it was um, I forget like the lineages and the lines now, but uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So so it was, but it was an interesting practice because uh, she started giving me books to read, and I dove head first. And there was a group that met every every week and met in the city, and so started doing that and. I just was drawn to it and I started reading the Tibetan Book of the Dead and just, you know, this this rabbit hole that you get into. Yeah. Um, and it was just learning about meditation, learning about calming the mind, just practices that just stick with me to this to this day. You know, mm. one of the interesting quotes that I remember hearing was um, when you're meditating, it should be like a, a thief coming to an empty house. And it was this concept of if you have your, these thoughts that you're thinking of, um, if 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 you're if you're not attaching to anything, then emotions you know won't affect you that dramatically. So, for example, you were if you were upset at something like 30, 20 minutes before you weren't upset, and then you're going to be upset, and then twenty minutes later you're not going to be upset anymore. Right. So so it's this process of of realizing 
and recognizing that you're about to get upset and seeing it coming. It's almost like a lights at the end of the tunnel coming towards you. Yeah. And then uh, going through the process, not attaching to those emotions and uh, and saying and not saying like I'm angry. It's saying I'm a human. You know, I'm a being that's experiencing anger, which is a completely different you know thought process. Yeah. And then you just let it go, and you just watch it sail off like a kind of like a paper boat in water. You just kind of and you're observing it the whole time. And so that's what when 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 they gave me that example of a thief coming to an empty house. If you think about it, like a thief comes to rob a house. Yeah. Uh, and he, and then the house is empty. He's like, oh shit, there's nothing here for me. <laughs> that is a awesome metaphor. A thief coming to an empty house. I, once you said it, I had to think about it for a second. Yeah. It's very evocative. I love it. Yeah, and then and then that's like this. So the thief is like the emotions, right? So like anger yeah. is coming coming for you. Anger is coming for you. And, and so uh, that's one that really I I still remember to this day. And then the whole concept of always practicing and looking for opportunities to practice meditation. Um, so when you get when you get stuck in traffic and you're behind the little old lady and, and you literally have like two minutes to be somewhere, instead of like losing your shit, you just like, uh, thank you, old lady, for allowing me to practice my patience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it was, these were entirely brand new concepts for me at the time. Mm. And so, you know, I, I really just, I went on a couple of retreats um, and I was just all in gung ho into it. And then there was aspects of it, you know, where some, aspects of as it happens with all organized religion it rears its head and you're like it doesn't resonate with you and at some point i just i drifted away but i i was always looking so always looking for things that are spirituality related and i think um you know for a while the buddhism i was grounded with the buddhism practice and, and, and reminded that i should meditate and then i just started looking for groups online and yeah. I, I came i came across enlightened next and i found a, a, a chapter um that was local in Atlanta where I was living at the time and I found a group that reached out to me I think because of a connection that I had made and we started meeting and we mm -hmm. started meditating once you know every week we'd get together and we even did some meditations in the morning we'd get up at 5 30 in the morning and we'd dial into this number and we'd <laughs> this sounds weird we'd, we'd actually meditate over the phone that's awesome so <laughs> we do so it was it was amazing because yeah. it just what a fantastic way to start the day oh yeah this connection with your your fellow group of meditators and and then I went on a, there was an opportunity for a retreat and it was the ten day retreat in in Denver Colorado which was in 2010 and I remember because it was um, when it, the, my 40th birthday like a month before mm. so um, it was an interesting way to to just reboot and restart and ten days silent meditation only speaking one hour a day I've never ever experienced anything like that mm. and you learn a lot about what you're capable of, and I had never spent such a, a focused period of time meditating, and so you know I, I did that practice for a while, and uh, and then I stayed with with the group for a while, and then at some point, you know, I, I sort of didn't feel as much of a connection to the teachings, but obviously the the practice of meditation has still resonated with me. Yeah, um, and now I just make it a part of my regular practice. I I do it every morning, mm -hmm. um, and the other thing that I've added as like another layer is some affirmations that I do. I feel it's important to communicate like out loud what it is you you want from the universe. And yeah. If you want it, if you want the universe to be aware of who you are and that you're serious about this, I, I really firmly believe that it's something that we need to articulate and and we need to do it every day. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. All right, I have a couple questions. Um, so let's come back to affirmations in a, in a little bit. But 
So when you were back in New York as as a DJ and leading up to that experience, you know, growing up Catholic, you didn't really have, as you said it, any existential or philosophical guideposts. And I think obviously a lot of us who've grown up in the West, even if we have a, a religious heritage, a lot of us growing up in the West are, you know, we, we uh, skew secular. And I'm curious, like, cause I know for me too, by the time I got into college, a certain point I was desperate for, uh, for something you know, I was just, I felt the absence of meaning. I ha- I felt the absence of, for lack of a better word, God or a connection to, to something sacred, even though I, I wouldn't have known how to say that. I wouldn't have had really, I didn't have any idea. That's what was missing. But I'm curious, like for you at that time, had you gone through anything like an, a, any hardship or any suffering or, or, or was it just more of like a a sense of, I need more, I'm looking for more, something's missing. Like what, what was it that gave traction or created that traction in you when you started to read these books? And there wasn't like a big, like, you know, a lot of times you hear hear a story of a, of a near life death in a near death experience (laughs) for people. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I had a, a breakup in 96 with someone I thought I was going to get married to. And mm. that, that hit me pretty hard at the time. Yeah. And it's funny when you look back at those things, you laugh at them. Um, but in the, it, it sort of like changed my perception of what, you know, I thought my normal course of life was going to be. Yeah. And then, you know, there were some issues with family drama going on that made me question like, why does this stuff happening? And, mm. and so, you know, there's always this aspect of asking why Yeah, that's always been part of my nature. And I think I've always been curious. So even as a little kid, you know, small examples would be like when we'd get new boxes of like furniture or something to put together, I'd be the one that just like jumping on the box, tearing it apart, laying out those instructions on the floor and like, all right, I got this. I'm going to figure this out (laughs) and I'm going to put this together. And and then from a curiosity standpoint, you remember these things after the fact, but I had an old girlfriend that would say, you know, you ask a lot of questions or why you always ask so many questions. Mm. I didn't realize, you know, that it was just something that was inherent in my nature until later on in life. I'm like, yeah, I think it's part of this bigger thought process that's going on in my head about why are things happening the way they do? Yeah. And, you know, I've had the the benefit as I got older and older to be, you know, to to have had some interesting experiences with some, uh, entheogenic plant medicine as well, which is, even more so like reaffirmed my connection to spirit. And so belief is an interesting word, right? Because Very. a lot of times when you're when you're when you grow up Catholic, you're like, you have to believe in God, right? You have to believe that he's there and that he's a sitting on the cloud and, and he's that he's a he. <laughs> yeah, he's a he. <laughs> and he's gonna take care of everything yeah. and no problem. And and when you don't believe, you're going to hell. And so it throws people for a loop because um, you know, belief and faith and trust, you know, they're just used interchangeably and, you know, they probably mean, yeah, they definitely mean different things when you're growing up Catholic. But I, I've come, come around to those terms now where I, I do have a resounding belief and trust in the universe and Mm -hmm. in the way uh, that things are happening, happening that the way they're supposed to. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but there's always the concept of uh, free will, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no set plan, and you know, I I'm I just follow all these crazy loose threads, like you know, multi-dimensional universes, and I don't know if you saw um, Interstellar, but <laughs> yeah, that that whole concept of like painting what multiple dimensions could look like that resonated with me so strongly because. Yeah. All possible outcomes are possible. I mean, all possible outcomes exist. Mm. And so you just have to decide which one you're going to live. So I, I always feel like we're in control of the situation, but there, his, there has to be an ability to step back and understand that there's sometimes a bigger picture happening than you can realize it. And a lot of these threads need to play themselves out sometimes over the course of weeks, months, and maybe even years. Yeah. And so sometimes, it can be stated as simply enough as, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. But when things happen that don't seem like right and you're like, why the fuck did this happen? This is so crazy. Like I'm doing everything right and I get all this bad news. Yeah. But if you're well-versed in understanding the bigger picture of things, you know, you just sit back and realize you have, you take it from a perspective of, wow, this is interesting. Like that this door closed makes it so much more exciting for me to see which one is going to open as a result of this one closing. I actually recently had it with a, a big name client that I was expecting to have a, a meeting with. Yeah. And, you know, two days ago, they're like, um, we decided to go a different direction. Thanks for your time. And we're not going to go with you. And, and for like a split second, I was like, wow, I was going to, do I wallow in that? I can't believe, you know, the woe is me. I can't believe I lost that deal. And I had this interesting, like almost calm come across me that said, wow, this must be really interesting to see what door is going to open because this was such a big one that closed. I'm, I'm, I'm almost excited to see where this is going to turn out. Mm. So that just comes with practice and it yeah. just comes with having an, an unabiding like trust. Yes. Because you know that you've seen where it happens. You know, I, I'm a huge believer in flow and putting out there what you want to receive. So if you want more love in the world, give more love. If you want more money, you know, give more money, be more generous with your money, be more generous with your time. Yeah. And I just, I, I live with an abundance mindset that there's plenty to go around and there's plenty for everyone, including me at some point. And, but I just can't be miserly with any of the things that, that I'm expecting more of in my life. Mm. Beautiful. All right. So you mentioned the retreat and you mentioned how on the retreat there was, you, you had this experience of being silent for 10 days in a context where, you know, there'd be one hour a day in those, in those like small meetings where we'd talk. And you said that experience is something you'd never had before. So when you, when you were referring to that, that take us in a little bit, like what was it about the experience like and I know it's very multidimensional like what was it like being in that silence can you can you tell me a little bit about that you know also in relationship to never never having had that experience before but also like what opened up for you through that it's interesting to become aware of the chatter in your mind um, hmm. which is something that you can only do when you're able to to silence yourself and and those first couple of days is you're thinking about everything that you normally think of day in day out like what bills you have to pay 
things you have to do at work, uh, things you didn't do before, get done before you left. In the fact that you're like, what are you going to eat on this trip? Because it's all it's like a vegetarian menu or something like that. <laughs> like you know, it's crazy. You know, your mind. Yes. Your mind is like a, you know, just a wild beast. And you know, if if you if you let it roam, it'll just go all over the place. And you know, that's why it's so important to have a practice that lets you keep that in control. And so those first couple of days, it was. It's like the drip of the uh, of the of the email and of, of, of yeah. the connection, the electronic tether, the Pavlovian response, you know, to your to your inbox, and all these things that just we think are important and that we react to on a day in and day out basis. And what being in silence allows, you know, it's important to be somewhere that you're not connected, that you can't get a signal, and you start to pay more attention to the things that are right in front of your face. And you'd start mm. to pay more attention to human behavior and to your interactions with other people. And you realize that you can have quote unquote conversations or engagement with people without saying a word. Yeah. And you, and you just spend more time looking at people's body reactions, their movement, uh, you noticed things about other people that you otherwise wouldn't have noticed, mm. um, and this was 2000. So I, I don't think 2010. The, uh, to, to, sorry, 2010. Yes. And I don't think the uh, even though it's only you know six years ago, it's it's not the extent to which electronics are even more pervasive now than they were back then. Oh is yeah, just absolutely crazy. But totally. even then, it was still uh, I think it was a BlackBerry I had at the time, or maybe yeah, I don't even remember what it was. But I think it's just interesting when you don't have those distractions how much you can pay attention to what's happening, how much you're engaged and you're like, well, this is what I'm here for. Let me, let me put all my attention here. Mm-hmm. And there are things that just I, I learned were important and I, I'm, I hope I, I took away from that as an experience to apply those in my everyday life. And so, you know, how, how important it is to be present when you're with another human being, how important it is to give them your full attention and how much more rewarding it is because you know they feel that, and I'm, I'm a huge believer in energy, mm-hmm. um, and just reading people's energy and vibing off people's energy, and you know, not to the point where I'm like an empath or anything, but I just can tell when I'm around people who are you know Debbie Downers. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah. And and I don't resonate with that. Yeah. You know? And I, I believe in like frequency, and at at the end of the day, we're all just vibrating atoms. So so to think that there's not something that's happening there where you're in the presence of another person and that person's calming attitude has an effect on you. And so a lot of that is what I felt happening during the the retreat. Um, And then the fact that you can just continue to practice meditation and you're just there practicing and practicing and practicing your meditation. And And I had one experience where I was silent and I was sat for my meditation and then I felt like a couple of minutes had gone by and I looked at my watch and it was an hour Mm. and it was the, it was like, wow, it was like, I really, you know, I was in the meditation zone, I guess. I don't know what what the term for that is, but it was just an interesting example because, um, you know, at some point it's just also human nature to, to want to see results for all the hard work you put in. But, um, it was definitely a lot of takeaways and and a lot of reminders of the importance of presence on the street. It's it's amazing when you talk about that, like that experience of like the accordion nature of time, like the fact that it can shrink and expand based on our 
you know, our state of being. And like when you were describing that, I was thinking of it. It's like often there's, you know, as you were setting it up, there's, you know, there's all this distraction, but in, in, when you think about it from the point of view of one's experience of time, there's, there's either friction or there's an absence of friction. And like the way you described it, like if there's an absence of friction in your relationship to life and to immediacy, then it's just sort of like, there's a, as you described it, a flow, just like, and then you're, you, you sat down and then an hour's gone and you don't even notice. Mm -hmm. And that is such an, one, it's such an important experience because it's like, it's a, it's a very unique reference point, but it also, it really makes you think about time and it makes you think about your relationship to time and how that's related to like in a certain way, like the way I think about it, like the quality of your being, the quality of your let go, the quality of your trust, as you were talking about before. And I, I do think like on retreat, like just like with the entheogens, you, you get to kind of, you get to experience these almost like, I think of them as like frictionless states. I think the practice helps you, or regular practice helps you realize when you're in those states. Yes. And how at peace you are and how much smoother your life goes. Because we, we, in essence, I mean, everything that when, when things work well and, you know, they talk about being in, in the flow and smooth and frictionless, I think that's the human nature of how the universe is like loves flow, right? It's, yeah. It's just, that's, that's natural, like a river, right? Like you think about running water. Yeah. Um, that's, that's nature. You think about wind, you know, you think about just the things in life where are, that are metaphors for for flow and, and that's the natural state of things. Mm. And so like we, anything that we do that is not, that, that is not flow, you know, it's almost like we're getting in the way of what nature intended. Like we're meant to flow with each other. This, this conversation is meant to flow. Yeah. You know, our, our interactions with each other are meant to flow. You know, we're, our discussions with our, our families our, and our siblings are meant to flow. Like our, our interactions with our, our customers, our, our business partners, you know, they should all flow. And I think a lot of times they don't and people think that that's the norm. Yeah. So we just take it for granted. Ah, you know, we're just, we're just not meant to, you know, we're just not jiving or whatever it is. But I think if we went from, if we operated from a mindset that flow is the normal course and flow is the standard <laughs> operating procedure here, like everything everything flows from flow. <laughs> yeah. Like we, it would just change like dramatically. Like we would be thinking about how do I get into flow? Yeah. You know, how do I, how do I operate from a, from a, from a standpoint where it's frictionless, where, you know, um, I feel that's where like growth happens and mm. it, the flow operating in flow sort of brings out the best in both parties. Definitely. It is, comes back also to, how you were describing in the silence. And I, I remember this too, is when you're on retreat and you were describing the powering down and the, the sense of simplicity that starts to dawn in that experience. And your life becomes very simple because you, you, know, you don't have that many obligations. You're, just, you're meditating all the time and you're just going to the next session and eating and then going to the next session and then 
meditating. In terms of this thing that you're talking about with flow, I did. I remember like there was this very almost like pristine experience of relationship where you could read someone's intention almost instantly. There was no mediating barrier like there usually is with words where you're interpreting meanings, you're, you're kind of uh, naturally projecting all sorts of stuff. And I so appreciated like, and, and again, I think this is what you were talking about earlier, that experience of relationship was so wholesome because you, you just knew the other, you, you like almost immediately as a pre pre thought. And then you could feel, and you, you could feel like, I don't know how else to say it, but you just didn't really need words to communicate. It was like a purer form of, of communication. And I think that relates very much to what you're saying. You get to reset and almost experience like a, a baseline, a very pure form of communication. The experience of that I often think of as flow because it's, you know, most of what we're projecting or most of what we're carrying into it, or most of the overlays, they're just removed. And then you guys are both, you know, we're attentive basically to just the radical immediacy and then you're just here together. And it's something you have to, uh, you have to work towards. Definitely. And you have to make a investment in the energy it's going to take to do this. So, you know, as, as you were speaking and as we're having this conversation, I can just use where I am right now as an example of how well I can practice this mm. because I mean, I'm, I'm in my office and I've actually just dimmed this, the monitor on my screen just to not be distracted. And then I, I'm looking outside my window and there's, you know, we're in California, so I'm, I'm able to look at some palm trees, which is nice. relaxing. <laughs> and then there's, you know, traffic going by, but even just, you know, it's, you have to continuously bring your attention back to center, to groundedness to focus so that I capture everything that you're saying and I understand, you know, almost what it is you're trying to convey in addition to the words that you're saying. Yeah. So there's, yeah. there's, there's a, there's an emotion and there's a uh, purposefulness behind your words. Cause there's a, you know, I would imagine because there's, there's a reason why, you said the things you said because it, it, I said something that triggered it. You responded. And then it's the action of me listening closely to what you're saying that, that then causes me to respond because you elicited something. Yeah. And the nature or the quality of those interactions is vastly improved when we're both on the same page listening attentively mm -hmm. and almost waiting for the next word to, to drop because we want to, we want to see how we can connect to that. And it's, a, it's almost like a challenge, you know, to even to the, to the listener right now, like, where are you now? What are you looking at? What are you multitasking? Is there a difference when you're doing this laying in your bed, you know, with your eyes closed, listening to this conversation as opposed to driving to the supermarket and mm. picking out the produce for your next smoothie while you're walking your dog and, ch and checking your email and then listening to the show. Like those are two completely different experiences. Yes. 
and we don't do it enough. And, you know, anytime we have a chance to, to engage with someone, if that engagement is valuable to you, I think the, the challenge and the invitation is to, to fully engage to, to extract the, the maximum amount of enjoyment and flow from that conversation. Totally. You mentioned also affirmations and tell me a little bit about that. What, what kind of affirmations do you practice and what do you experience? What do you see as the effects or the benefits of, of doing affirmations and how did you start doing that? And do you do it as part of like a routine, a morning routine, like with meditation, after meditation, maybe uh, if you could just speak to that a little bit. Yeah. And I can even read them to you if you'd like. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So I do it after my meditation. And so the meditation, I sometimes do a guided meditation or sometimes I just use something simple like, um, like Tibetan chimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've, I've actually, I've, I found a, one that's long. It's like 30, 35 minutes. But what I've done, and I'm a huge fan of like uh, productivity. And so sometimes I, I'll find that I, I only have 15 or 20 minutes. So I've created versions of the, of the chimes that I've edited down. So they're, they'll end in 15 minutes and, or another one will end in 20 minutes. Mm. And so, you know, I, I typically at the very least try to do the 20 minute one. But it's just little things I build in because it's one of these things you have to, uh, if you don't prepare, then you're going to, when the time comes and you only have 15 minutes, you're like, you're going to say, well, I don't want to put on this 35 minute guided meditation. Right. It's going to go way beyond what I have. So it's just sort of putting the things in in place so you can, so you're, so you can succeed. But so when the meditation is done, I read my, my affirmations out loud because I'm a firm believer of like communicating to spirit that. I'm here and this is something that's important to me and to the extent that you can guide me or, or show me a sign that I'm on the right path and by all means do it. So the first one is from, actually, actually from the Dalai Lama and it says, I'm fortunate to be alive. I have a precious human life. I am not going to waste it. I'm going to use all my energies to develop myself, to expand my heart out to others, to achieve enlightenment for the benefit of all beings. I am going to have kind thoughts towards others. I am not going to get angry or think badly about others. I am going to benefit others as much as I can. And so there's a lot of interesting things that are there and Hmm. things that I, it's funny because you think that these are just normal things that everyone should be thinking about, but even like the line about having kind, kind thoughts towards others, like to be reminded about that every single morning is so important. Yeah. You literally in 24 hours, man, you could forget all this shit. You're like, Oh yeah. Forget it. <laughs> I am not going to get angry or think badly about others. And I feel like I'm practicing that every single day, like even just in small arguments with my, my wife or sure. even big, bigger things like, the, you know, with people, strangers you run into the street. So oh, yeah. That's, a, that's a, a great way to ground it. And then I continue. That's awesome. And, and so I, these, are, these are affirmations that over time I, I've, I've read books, I've, I've seen videos of people that I, I follow online that, you know, are... are of spiritual in nature and, and sometimes they say something that resonates with me I'm like oh I'm, I, I capture that so I have Evernote and I just copy these in and now it's involved into this long long thing here but mm. my, the second paragraph is it says I am in divine guidance I am always at the right place at the right time everything I do is orchestrated from a higher growth from a higher consciousness from a higher evolution 
frequency is what I know, frequency is my own identity. And so that is almost my communication to spirit that says, I'm here, I'm here to play, and I, you know, we're in this together. And, you know, I'm sort of what I alluded to earlier about frequency, that we're all vibrating atoms. I, I think I, it's kind of my affirmation of that. Yes. And then... Um, By the way, when, whenever you talk about frequency, I, I can't help but think about the fact that you're a DJ, but we can come back to that. <laughs> it's, all, it's all connected. Definitely. And then I move into intention mode. So I say, it is my intention to experience a harmonious lifestyle. It is my intention to experience health and energy that leads me to creative adventures. It is my intention that I be well provided for, that shelter and food and all of the things that I need to experience life be given to me in great abundance and that I pass this great abundance on and share it with others. It is my intention to have a better diet. It is my intention to have a better sense of intuition. It is my intention to evolve and ascend. I intend to do more for others than anyone else does. I intend to become more valuable. I intend to give more, to be more, and to serve more. Hmm. And then, you know, just add things as they, you know, make sense to me. And, and one that I added recently was just a direct communication to spirit that says, spirit, I acknowledge that I am the object of your positive attention and I'm appreciating your continual gaze on behalf of my well-being. And today, no matter where I am, no matter where I am going, no matter what I am doing, and no matter who I am doing it with, I will be in conscious awareness that you too are there with me, appreciating me, supporting me, assisting me, acknowledging me, inspiring me, guiding me, having fun with me, helping me, aware of me, loving me, showing me, and uplifting me. Nice man, that that one. That's a very happy one. I actually I saw a video with uh, from Abraham Hicks, and I sort of copied most of that from mm. there because I heard it, and I was like, "Wow, the power of doing that every single morning oh, is amazing." It's so positive. Yeah, and then uh, there was just I read an article about abundance mindset, which is really important for me, and. It was there's there's a couple of things that he put in there um, that said you should try to do every day. So I just changed the wording to to put them in first person. So it says I will have appreciative conversations. I will organize my home and my life. I will reduce my media consumption. I will share what I have with others. I will create win-win situations. I will look for positives in every loss. I will stop comparing myself to others. I will express my gratitude daily. Nice. Those are great, man. So yeah, I mean, I whenever I I talk to people about them, I I send them an email, and I, I give them that, uh, I send them that, and I said, you know, just modify as necessary, and then over time you start building your own. You you cut here. You I, I've adjusted some of the words along the way, and uh, I feel it's just important to do it every single day. Yeah, that's. Uh, would you be up for sharing that with our audience? Yeah, of course. Awesome. Yeah, love to. All right, everybody. We will link that up in the show notes. Thank you. That those are those are beautiful. I wanted to ask you, and you may not have an answer for this. It, it's a question that I kind of runs in the back of my mind. I do part of my practice in the morning. I do this form of prayer, which is a Hasidic. It comes from a Hasidic practice. It's called Hit Bodidut. A, a buddy of mine shared it with me, and it's. Well, you just talk out loud to God and 
it's completely open and unstructured. The idea was the old Hasidic practitioners that go out into the woods outside the village in a quiet place and just really uh, genuflect, really talk to God and really pour your heart out. And the instructions are to say everything, you know, everything, every like everything you want, everything you're upset about. If you're grateful, of course, I like to to start with gratitude because it just, I think, obviously feels appropriate. You know, and they say, even if you're angry with God, lay it out, say why. And if you're, if you don't have anything to say, well, talk about that. And and it's like, it was this amazing practice that I was like, I'm going to try that out. And it, it just stuck. And part of it is, it's like very creative, but I realized in a lot of what you were expressing in those affirmations, it weaves through a lot of those themes. And I, I'm often asking for the things I want. I'm usually asking for people to be healed, people who I, who I love, um, people who are in my family. And then sometimes people I don't know, but that I've heard about, um, expressing gratitude is a big part of it, but I never grew up with, uh, I, you know, I grew up Episcopalian and I went to boarding school at an Episcopal boarding school. So we had, you know, we went to chapel every morning, but I never had like a firm. And so I, and I always, I prayed, but we didn't pray in my family. It was just something I did. But in terms of like God and like the sense of the other, I find it really powerful because I don't, I, I have to admit, I don't really have a sense of what or who God is other than some totality. And, and that's imminent. That's also completely imminent. That's right here. There's no, there's no separation. And I feel that when I'm uh, doing this prayer and, and how different it is from sitting quietly in meditation. And I feel like I, I get something like completely different out of this sort of conversation with God as as a as an entity as such that that is both but I consider as both outside me and inside of me. But so my question is like, how do you think? And that's a big one. But how do you, in the immediacy of that experience, how do you think of God? How do you relate to? spirit, God, or whatever. And I'm using the word God in in a terms that I don't think of it as a he or a she necessarily. It's just a um, presence. But I, I'm curious about that. Like, how do you relate to that? I think uh, the concept of, for me, it's, I, I use spirit and universe interchangeably. Yeah. Uh, to mean that. And it's, it's woven into every aspect of my life. And I'm, I'm just through experiences that I've had over the past couple of years, I've, that, that feeling of the all pervasiveness of spirit yeah. is r- real for me. It's, it's something that I know so it's not 
So in, in terms of understanding or believing, it's not something that I believe in. It's something that I know. And when and I think there's a subtle difference here because if I know it to be true, then I then the way I live my life and the things that happen in my life begin begin to have an order to them that's driven by this bigger picture of the universe and spirit having um, sort of like looking out for me and me having an active role because uh, there's there's the the aspect of you know being able to consciously choose your path that that uh, is in there as well so i know that if if i focus my positive energy and my positive flow into trying to make this world a better place and connecting with people who you know vibrate at a at a high frequency and learning from them and surrounding myself with people like that it's you know it's you know it sounds like the Jim Rome quote of you know you are the five people you most associate mm. yourself with but if you want to increase your frequency and your vibration um and to become more light and in in my mind it's this this aspect of love and light and so if if i want to vibrate and resonate at that frequency and do the things that people do at that high level high frequency then i need to find out where these people are and how I interact with them and how I include more of those types of people in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm firmly convinced that I'm, I am spirit. I am God experiencing a human life. Yeah. Because there's aspects of spirit that as magnificent as they are, they can't have the, the physical human experiences without having, you know, incorporated in a body. Yeah. And so, you know, if I, if I, if I know that I'm, I'm spirit, then, you know, my conversations are in essence with a higher version of myself. So sometimes when I do my affirmations, I, I direct them to spirit and sometimes I direct them to my, um, my higher self. So there's a version in my mind, there's a version of Harry that's, either more advanced or in a different dimension, you know, or, or 10 different dimensions higher than me, um, that is supremely much more intelligent and advanced and light than I am. And I'm just learning from a future version of myself. And so I, I speak to that person as well. Um, just to cover all my bases. <laughs> yeah, I well, I, that's a great quote, by the way. I'm learning from a future version of myself. Yeah. I love that. And then um, I put myself in the position of openness to what is possible, openness to what I should do. I, you know, it's not necessarily that I, this is like a roadmap outline for me, but I think I put myself in the stream of love and light, right? And so... I had someone tell me one time who was doing, they were doing some sort of auric cleansing and I told them like sometimes through entheogenic medicines, I, you know, I, I get messages and she said, well, just be careful because when you open up those channels, you're opening up the door to negative and positive frequencies. And so she said, 
in order to distinguish that what you get is positive, then you just make sure you put a, like a filter of love and light on there. So I said, if this is love and light, then, you know, come on in. You know, I'm, I'm hearing, I'll, I'll hear whatever message you have and I'll follow whatever guidance you have for me. But it's got to be love and light. It's got to be love and light. Hashtag love and light. <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, because then that what that does, it just sets this context. Um, and so when you start working with things like plant medicine or you know anything else that puts you in touch with another dimension, another frequency, another energy, another spirit, whatever you want to call it, I envision myself putting like a bouncer at the front of the, the door to my soul. Yeah, and he's he's got his arms crossed, and then so when messages come through. He's there. He says, uh, are you love and light? And they're like, yes. And you're like, all right, go inside. I like that. <laughs> and then in the, and if he's no, and then he's like, no, sorry, man. This is a, it's a love and light party only. And so you, he keeps those energies away. And, you know, I just, I just use that every once in a while when I'm not, you know, sure uh, what, what the message is or I'm in the, in the midst of something that I feel is like negative energy. I'm just like, you know, in my mind, I'm like love and light, love and light, love and light. And has this powerful effect because the other thing, the other way you can use that is when you have a decision to make in your life, you say, uh, what would love and light do? Or what would be the response that is coming from a place of love and light? Mm. And then, you, I mean, that, that just, if that doesn't clarify things for you, then on what you should do or how you should act, I don't know what will because to me, in my mind, there's nothing more pure mm. than that. Than that. Mm. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, it did. And I, I, I think it's a, it's a good place for us to, to wrap up. Can you tell everyone a little bit about how they can learn more about who you are and what you do? And of course, if you want to include any ways for people to connect with you, I will, I will hook it up in the show notes. But yeah, just tell us what you do on this plane. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I'm the host of a podcast that uh, I was uh, happy enough to have you on as well. That's great. It was, it's called Podcast Junkies. I recommend and it, everyone. It's an awesome storytelling podcast. It's great interviews. Thank you. It's a bit meta. It's, I only interview other podcasters. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it's, it was fascinating synergy that we were able to reconnect and you happen to have a podcast. Yes. Like, wow, this is awesome. So that's when I smile because I feel like, you know, things are aligning in, in, in the universe. And I'm like, this is cool. We get to talk. Hmm. And, and then to be able to continue the conversation here, I'm, I'm really grateful for. And so, yeah, it's podcastjunkies.com and that'll provide you all the links to the, to the, to the uh, podcast. You can download it. Uh, and see it's on iTunes. And I'm on, uh, so I'm on Twitter there. I do have a personal account on Twitter, um, and that's Duran Harry. Duran's my last name, like the group Duran Duran. So oh. Duran Harry, and I, I try to keep all my, um, you know, I, I, I use the, the podcast Twitter account to push a lot of the episodes and let people know it, all about all things podcasting. But every once in a while, I have things that strike my fancy that are outside of that realm and that I'm interested in, things like spiritual aspects and meditation and sacred geometry and whatever I'm, I'm, whatever book I'm reading at the time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's sending me down some rabbit hole. So I like to use that sometimes to, yeah. to engage with there. So yeah, either one of those is fine. Um, yeah. And if people, if you, if you found value in this conversation and you want to pick up the the, the, the conversation on, online, I'd be more than happy to do that. That's great. And, and we, everyone also 
be sure to come back and check out the show notes because we'll have those beautiful affirmations that Harry shared with with us linked up as a PDF in the show notes. And so do you know all the names of the members of Duran Duran? <laughs> I can tell you because I had two older sisters when that was hat. And so it, I lived in a field of constant Duran Duran. That's great. Um, I just, it would just be, I, I think it's Simon and Nick. I think it's about yeah, it. Simon Levon, uh, John Taylor, Andy Tom Taylor, Taylor and Nick, yep. Nick Rhodes, right? Yeah, that's right. Very good. These are my guys, man. I think I modeled my hair after Simon Lebon for many years. <laughs> <laughs> what's What's amazing is that they keep going at it, and they, they recently released an album. Amazing, here in L.A. at the uh, Tower or Amoeba Records, and I didn't get to see them. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, definitely it was fun to it, it was fun to have them in their heyday and have that be my last name. Yeah, that's awesome. We are dating ourselves here, but that's <laughs> it's good, <laughs> Harry. It's good. Thank you very much, man. It was really fantastic to have you on here and, and just, it was a deep dive and I really, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Morgan. It's so nice to uh, be able to have different channels or, or, you know, venues for me to talk about things that are, are of interest to me outside of, you know, what I normally talk about, like podcasting or, or business, you know, digital marketing or anything like that. So yeah, fantastic. Thanks. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Harry Duran. If you want to learn more about Harry's work and connect with him directly, I've included all his details in the show notes over at aboutmeditation.com forward slash podcast. Also, as promised, you can pick up Harry's free PDF, which features the affirmations he read on the show today. He created that especially for the aboutmeditation.com community. You can also download that free PDF over at aboutmeditation.com forward slash podcast. And you'll find that in the show notes of this episode. So check that out. And if you enjoyed the show today, please consider giving me a rating and a review over on iTunes. It's a huge help. It's one of the best ways to help other meditators discover our show. And as always, let's end with a quote. And this is from Kiense Rinpoche, who says, To feel responsible for our loved ones is commendable, but we have the ability to open our mind and accept the responsibility for infinite beings. Why limit our deep sense of tenderness to a few people when we can extend it to all beings? So thanks again for listening and having something in your podcast feed for Podcast Junkies that was a little bit different than what you're normally used to. And I'd really be interested in some feedback if you thought this was something you'd like to have me include more every now and then. Um, I can do that. And I'm, I'm not going to put every podcast or every interview that I was on because I, I think a lot of them tend to repeat because uh, they're just covering the same topics about how I started the show. And I'll, I'll, 
the regular listeners will have heard that a lot. But if I think it's something where I felt I, I went a little deeper and I've uh, opened up and talked about something maybe that I haven't touched upon yet, then I will most definitely include those as part of the feed and uh, do those every now and then to mix things up. So uh, Podcast Junkies is part of Podcastica. Uh, make sure you check out the new shows over at podcastica.com. And they include uh, Radio Film School and One Mind Meditation Podcast, obviously. You just heard Morgan. And uh, the newest addition is the podcast producers. This is a uh, one-time released uh, series. Think of like Netflix, where they release all the episodes as one. At, all the episodes at once and they did that with season one and now they're going to do uh, season two again and they just released um, a promo trailer so that's the podcast producers and the hosts are Corey Coates and Jessica Rhodes so you can find links for that at podcastica.com hopefully you've found some new shows as a result of me mentioning the network and uh, if you if you have as well let me know don't forget we have a promo from our sponsor which is Fancy Hands. Uh, Fancy Hands is a very easy and quick way for you to get online help for tasks tasks that would take uh, about 15 to 20 minutes and they usually involve something you'd need to do online or by uh, you'd need to make a phone call or just do a bit of research. And they've been totally invaluable for me in helping get a lot of uh, one-off tasks off my plate. Um, and they're, I consider them almost my second set of hands. So they're giving me some offer some uh, offer codes that I can use for whoever I want to. And th- those would go to the, to the folks who left me a rating and a review on iTunes. And then once a month, um, I'm going to pick a name. All you have to do is put uh, hashtag fancy hands in the review and uh, put your name into a hat and I'll announce that uh, likely on next week's episode because it's we're at the end of the month now. Intro music is Cedar and Soil. Check them out at cedarsoil.com. And uh, I usually do a retention hashtag and uh, I think this one shouldn't be no different except it's a little uh, weird because this is a episode about me. So... Um, Let's do hashtag meditate Harry. Uh, just curious as to see who who uh, was checking out the episode and who made it this far. Um, I don't want to disappoint my loyal listeners by not having the retention hashtag there. So hashtag meditate Harry uh, if you made it this far. And if you thought it was interesting, then don't forget to tag uh, myself and um, uh, Morgan. He's at, um, at about meditation. So thanks again, guys, and I'll be back with uh, back on track with the interviews next week. And uh, I'm talking to my good friend AJ Mizrod, and uh, hope you enjoy that, and hope you enjoyed this, and hope you have a fantastic day. And uh, you go show some love to one of your favorite podcasts this week. Take care.